Hey guys, it's Jen. This summer, our design community and the world lost an incredible soul too soon, our very own Giselle Field. The following episode was recorded prior to this summer, and it is my honor with the blessing of Giselle's family to release them for the benefit of our community, her friends and family, and anyone who wishes to hear her beautiful voice again. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> you were doing Hi, it Giselle. again. I know, Hi, Jen. <laughs> I guess I should, we should do our little intro thing. Guys, stick with us. It's been a while since we've recorded, but we'll include this little pre-intro part because we're just so excited. Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. So welcome back to Better the Brain Designer Podcast. Season four. Season four is hitting earbuds near you. Well, hopefully right now in your actual earbuds. But yeah, we're really, (laughs) really excited that, you know, we've kind of jumped back into recording and we took some much needed time off since last season. I mean, I really feel like we wrapped season three at the end of January of this year of 2021, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Um, and we really like doing seasons because it just helps us be really focused on the podcast rather than like having to squeeze things in here and there. We can really, you know, have, just have really good content planned for you guys and make sure the quality is good. So let's start with our intro question. Um, this is going to be kind of like a catching up, um, type of question. That's a little bit more casual. So Giselle, what has happened in your life since we last recorded? Give us some updates. Oh gosh. I don't even know where to start. I, at the same time, I feel like nothing's happened, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah. Um, since we last recorded probably January, let's think. I still don't have pets. I still don't have kids. <laughs> I still live in Sedona. <laughs> but in terms of work stuff, a lot of amazing projects came our way. And I'm so grateful for all of that. Definitely now in a season um, where we're slowing down, which is amazing. So we have a trip lined up. As of recording, it's uh, May. We have a trip lined up for Peru th- this uh, summer. And um I'm just like getting everything prepared now, almost like a little maternity leave because I'll be gone for a month. So I'll be asking Jenna a lot of questions. And (laughs) besides that, just I guess the big thing was my course launch that really put me in a space where I feel like a an educator. And I always told myself that I was a really terrible educator and I should never do it. And this was me breaking that barrier. And now I'm super excited to be providing a lot more content and kind of stepping into that space. So that's one of the big things that has happened to me career-wise. In case someone doesn't know what your course is, do you want to tell them where they can find (laughs) it? (laughs) Yeah, I'm so bad at promoting this. (laughs) So my course is ClickUp for Designers and it's specifically, you know, made from a designer for a designer on how to set up your ClickUp so that you can run your freelance or studio uh, and also like spend a lot of time off. Like that's a huge thing for me is, 
you know, your business working for your life and not the other way around. So if you're all about that, then check out clickupfordesigners.com. Yay. I love your elevator pitch. So I know <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you. it sounds like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm in a super busy season right now, but I'm definitely looking forward to the time when things start slowing down. Like I actually had a client reach out today and, and say she was going to book a day rate, but then she was like, you know what? I just need to wait on this for a little bit. And I was actually relieved <laughs> rather than bummed out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When you get someone yeah. where you're like, I really want to work with you, but at the same time, I have so much going on that like, I just feel like it's better if they just booked it later. And if they're ready, willing to wait, then like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That feels so good. Yeah. So but, Jen, what has happened in your life since we last recorded? Oh my gosh. So I know this is going to like date this episode since we're launching much later. Um, we're going to record all the episodes beforehand and then launch in the fall, but my baby is about to turn one. That's probably the biggest thing that has like, I guess, happened since we last recorded. I mean, the first six months of his life, I chatted about in another episode, a little bonus episode. So definitely go back and listen to that just to kind of hear, hear my struggles and (laughs) what I did and what I wish I would have done differently. But the second six months of his life has been a lot easier than the first six months for sure. Like it, <laughs> I mean, it, he started sleeping through the night around seven months. So like that changed my life, but also he is able to crawl around and entertain himself. And, you know, I don't need to be holding him and consoling him every moment of the day. Like I used to, I know we used to joke, like, Oh, I've got my baby strapped to my chest, recording my podcast. Like I look back on that now and think like, wow, I was putting so much pressure on myself to make my life look exactly the way it was before I had a child. And now I've really, really leaned into like, okay, everything is different. So my day Mm. in the life is going to be pretty different than last time, which is going to be a fun update for you guys. And also fun for me to talk about. So yeah, aside from baby stuff, um, I have grown my team. I've worked on some really, really fun website projects um, and just, you know, continue to pump out brand identities. You know, that's my bread and butter. That's what I love to do. It's what I'm passionate about. And we've had the, the opportunity to work with some, again, like you said, Giselle, some really, really fun, just amazing clients that I'm so grateful for. So um, the business is, is alive and well, a little too alive and well, <laughs> if I'm being honest. No, I'm just kidding. I'm so, so grateful for, for the busy, the busy season, um, but definitely looking forward to slowing it down a little bit, maybe taking a trip, having the grandparents yes. watch the baby. Like, oh, that'll be so nice. Yeah, that'll be super so. nice. And hopefully do a retreat together. We were just yesterday catching up so that we can get ready for a recording. And we're talking about the um, business retreat that I had a couple months ago, probably. And hopefully this next time we can do it together. It'll be so much fun. I know. When you first said retreat, I thought you were going to like this whole thing in like a yurt or something. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just, she she just booked a hotel for herself to go and work by herself. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Honestly, that sounds even better. (laughs) Yeah. Let me join you. Um, Yes, exactly. All the things Your that I want to do for myself. retreat is on the horizon for better, better podcast listeners. Yeah. <laughs> it's like our dream to like host a retreat. So let us know in the Facebook group if you guys are interested in that. <laughs> yeah, that would be so fun. Um, okay. And also yesterday, Jen got to listen to her previous day in the life and yes. I didn't. So we'll, 
we'll record this and I'll probably listen to it and be like, okay, nothing's changed. (laughs) No, it was, I just wanted to go back and listen because it's really cool for me and Giselle to have this podcast, not just because we love you guys. We love our community. We love our listeners, but it's a really cool diary style thing where we can go back and, and listen and think like, whoa, like, I can't believe I charged that little, or like, I can't believe that like, that's advice that I was giving. I would totally give different advice now. So we love that you guys are learning and growing with us. And from the beginning, we've always like, we've, I don't want to say always, we've never claimed to be the experts or to know everything. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why this podcast has resonated with so many of you guys is that like, we are learning and growing right alongside you. Um, We do always have, you know, advice to share and interesting things to tell you guys about clients and projects. And, you know, we have, we have wisdom that we can share with you guys, but it really is iterative. Everything is changing constantly. Like I think I wrote on the, like the outline, the only constant is change. And that is so true in life and business in parenthood. Like, yeah. So that's my spiel. (laughs) I love it. A hundred percent agree. And that's also why it's so great to have the Facebook group because, you know, someone will ask a question asking for advice and you can get so many different you know, pieces of advice that are great. And they're just like coming from such different experiences, like not every experience is the same. So it's Mm -hmm. so awesome having a community there too, to support. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that leads us into our topic for today. This was actually the most requested episode topic that we got for season four, especially on my side of things, because the difference of going from like not being a parent to being a parent and having a business is very, very different. Like it's night and day. I'm sure there are things of course that have changed in your life, Giselle, that, and (laughs) your business practices too. But I do like, I do think people are asking like, okay, now that you're a mom, like you do not take a two hour lunch break every day. (laughs) I'm so excited to hear what your update is. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I'll go ahead and share mine and then Giselle Mm -hmm. will share hers after. Um, I actually listened to the like day in the life of a design studio owner, like before this episode, I only listened to like my, like my section where I was talking about my day and like my biggest like takeaway from listening back to that, that was like maybe two years ago from season one, really. It was like, I don't know. I just, I was my, my, the pace of my day was just so lax Mm. in that day in the life. I was just like, yeah, you know, I, I wake up at, at six and I work out and then maybe I'll take a long breakfast and read my book and do Bible time. And now things are absolute insanity from the moment that I wake up until, (laughs) until the moment that the baby goes to sleep, to be honest. And then even that after that I'll work. So I I'll go through my day in the life and then I'll talk about things that mentioned the first time that are definitely not true anymore. So currently I, well, this week I've been waking up at 7am because the baby wakes up right around 7am. And so the first thing I'll do is I'll go get him. I'll give him a bottle. We'll like hang out and do mom and baby stuff. And then, you know, we'll, I'll, he'll play for an hour. Um, and then I'll do breakfast around eight or so around this time. My husband is like kind of coming in from, his army stuff he has to do in the morning. And so we'll hang out. We'll eat breakfast together. Maybe watch some YouTube videos, lots of playtime. Ryder is really into opening and closing cabinets and drawers right now. That's just like, oh, he loves the dishwasher. So like that, but yeah, the morning is definitely very, 
it's very chaotic, but like, there's no work that's really happening in the morning time. Cause I used to wake up and then, you know, have a nice slow morning and then jump into work whenever I felt like it. And it's like, now I really, really can't unless I have childcare. And so that's probably one of the biggest changes too. Um, now versus before was is that now I have not full-time childcare, but part-time childcare. I have a babysitter that comes Monday through Thursday from 9am to 2pm. And that is when I get the majority of my work done. And I am so, so grateful to have the privilege to be able to have in-home childcare because I know that like it is expensive. And I know that like it's just so worth it to me to be able to see my baby like during the day and stuff. And I know that not everyone has the financial ability to invest in that and to have that. And so I do not take that for granted whatsoever. I do wish that I had invested in childcare a little bit earlier on. I think for the first six months of writer's life, I didn't have a sitter whatsoever. And so I was really putting pressure on myself to only work while he was napping. And then after he went to sleep at the end of the day, and I also wasn't sleeping. So it was just really, really hard, but we've definitely gotten into a groove now where after breakfast, the sitter will come play with him until he naps. And then basically from nine until like two ish, I will sit down and work and like put my head down and I don't even like get up to go have lunch or anything. Like, I know that's so bad. I it's one of my goals right now to just be better about that, to like have just time to go and sit down, even if it's 10, 15 minutes to just like eat. Like most of the time I just won't eat because I am just working, working, working. It's just like definitely this like mindset thing where I'm like, oh, I'm paying someone to watch my baby. So I don't feel like I should take any of that time for myself. I really need to dedicate all of that time to business, but there's no way you can work just from nine to two without even getting up once, you know? So right. yeah, you need a little bit of a stretch in there. Yeah, exactly. Like you just go to the bathroom or something, you know, like <laughs> it's just like, you need to like, get up and step away from the screen because it actually makes you more productive. Um, at least for me, but yeah, so, you know, nine to nine to two ish I'm working. And then after that, um, the sitter will leave, We'll have baby playtime. Maybe we'll go on a walk or something. Maybe we'll take a nap um, from three to like three thirty to five ish. Or you know, sometimes it's one hour, sometimes it's an hour and a half, sometimes it's two hours. And so I'll use that time to finish up work for the day. Um, some days, <laughs> and then once the baby wakes up, I'll you know get him up. We'll play more, lots of playtime. Um, and you know, maybe I'll if I didn't take him for a walk earlier, I'll take him for a walk in the evening. Um, we've been doing a lot of slow cooker meals. So if I take a break for lunch, then I'll like throw stuff in the slow cooker at the same time just to like kind of get that going. And so by the time like the evening time rolls around, and for other parents out there, you guys know evening is really hard because they've just been awake all day and they're just really overstimulated and like sometimes writer just it's just sad and mad and just wants to cry and be held in the evening. So it was really hard for me to like cook dinner at the same time as dealing with that. So now we use a slow cooker during the week or like throw something on the grill and make it really easy. But yeah, then we'll eat dinner pretty early, like six or so um, with the baby. Cause he's like eating solid food now, which is really fun. His favorite foods are tomatoes and avocado, and he loves meat of any kind, like just chicken, hot dogs. Like 
He likes cheese too. Not so into fruits and vegetables right now. So <laughs> that's fine. Um, but not yeah, um, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, but grapes, man, grapes are good. He has like eight teeth. I know he can chew grapes, oh. but he like, he acts <laughs> like he can't, it's really funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then he'll go to bed or he'll have like a bath around like seven 30. He'll go to bed around eight. I'll, if I have really busy, I'll work from eight to nine. And then around nine, I really try to start winding down and like get in bed and like go to sleep by 10. You know, I mean, I want to say, Oh, I read in bed for an hour before I go to sleep. But like, honestly, I'm just on Instagram. That's the honest truth right now. Um, or watching YouTube or I watch a show on my phone or something. Um, Sometimes I'll like take a bath or do something for myself. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll go to sleep and then wake up again, <laughs> do it all again the next day. Um, this, the week before this, I was really trying to wake up and, um, at six in the morning and do yoga for an hour before the baby woke up. Um, and so I definitely still want to prioritize that. I think in my previous day in the life, I also said I woke up at six, so that actually hasn't changed, <laughs> nice. but yeah, that's, uh, that's something that I'm working on and I don't get mad at myself when I use that extra hour to sleep because I am working really hard right now. I have a lot of really big projects going on. Um, but yeah, that's like my typical day in the life right now. Um, and it's amazing. I love it. Having that childcare support is an absolute game changer. Um, it definitely looked very differently when I did not have that because it was very like nap time hustle and working from, you know, when he used to go to bed at seven, I would work from seven to 10 in the evening, which was just really hard with my energy. I just, I'm not an evening work person. I just mm -hmm. like to work in the morning and the afternoon. So, um, we definitely found a groove that feels really, really good. Um, and I, again, I'm just so grateful for that support. And, you know, right now I have family here watching the baby before me. We don't live near family. Um, otherwise, probably wouldn't have a sitter. I would just have family come over and watch him, which would be amazing and very cost-effective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my day. <laughs> that sounds like a great <laughs> schedule actually. Yeah. Besides, you know, having good. to add that, that little break in between your, your work time in the morning. Um, I know I'm working on it. Ideal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I think love that. Yeah. One of the, like, I guess I'll go through like the list now of like things that I said last time that I definitely don't do anymore. So I was talking last time about how I only take calls at like 12 PM. That's actually changed now with like my weekly schedule. So that's my daily schedule, but weekly I found that stacking all my calls on Mondays and Tuesdays actually really helps me mentally by the middle of the week. Once I'm more tired, I don't have as many calls. And so also I get really anxious before calls, you know, with, mm. with clients or sales calls, or it's mainly more sales calls, but that way I get it all out of the way Monday and Tuesday. And then like Wednesday and Thursday, I'll just have maybe more internal meetings or I won't have any meetings, which will be amazing. Um, and I'll be able to really just like use that time to design and get kind of everything done. Um, and I've actually this year, really committed to taking every single Friday off and making that my day for me and my baby to go do something fun. Generally that looks like going to target right now because he's obsessed with target. He loves riding in the cart. <laughs> we also found like a little indoor playground that we've been going to, but you know, during his nap times on Friday, like I do not work. I don't have childcare. I sit my butt on the couch, watch a movie, like hang out, just like 
scroll on Instagram, like whatever I want to do. If I want to bake cookies and I do that on Fridays, if I want to take myself shopping, then I'll take the baby shopping with me. Like it's just, is that nice thing that to look forward to. And I've actually found that I'm able to get the same amount of work done Monday through Thursday that I was doing Monday through Friday before. So that has been fantastic. Um, and also being able to take three full days off at the end of the week. Sometimes I'll work a little on Saturday and Sunday, but never, almost never on Fridays. Um, Mm -hmm. By, by the time Monday rolls around, I'm ready to do it all again. So I yes. really feel rested as rested as you can with like a young baby being a mom on the weekends. You don't really, you can't sleep in, you know, like you still have to do all the stuff that you generally regularly do, you know? Um, but he is just so easy right now. He's so happy. Um, and I definitely feel like we found our groove, which is, is awesome. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And it's, I'm really proud that you've taken those Fridays off and you're really like sticking to it because I remember when you first told me that I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like very I'm, consistent with it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about it. Um, we are about to launch a pretty big project. And so I did kind of, you know, pop into my inbox um, last Friday, gave some feedback and just stuff to make sure that the timeline of the project wasn't being held back by me. But I've also like kind of structured my team and my clients expectations around the fact that I am not going to be available on Fridays and Mm -hmm. having a VA has really, really helped. Shout out to April. Um, She is fantastic and has allowed me to really kind of take that step back on Fridays, knowing that someone is in my inbox, someone is in my DMS checking that type of stuff. So um, a couple more things before Giselle does her day in the life. I talked about how I can read a book in a week last time. I don't, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Reading has fallen on the back burner. I do not read as much as I used to for sure. Definitely not physical books. If anything, it'll be audiobooks that I kind of work on during walks and stuff, but like definitely not doing that anymore. Um, and I definitely don't, I don't teach yoga anymore and I don't volunteer anymore. Um, I'm the type of person that when I have time to do something, I just want to fill it. Mm-hmm. But especially become, after becoming a mom, I realized that like I need to reserve that free time to fill my own cup so that I can be yeah. there for my son and for my husband and my clients and stuff like that. So I've definitely guilt-free taken a step back from um, teaching yoga and volunteering and yoga is still a big part of my life. I still, you know, love to do my morning practice and just to keep my body moving and everything like that. But it actually feels good to really only have to work on one business and not have to do two. (laughs) So that's it. Giselle, you're up. Well, that was awesome. That's a really great update. Um, You saying all of that too, made me realize that there have been some things that probably have changed. I, I assume I'll have to find out when I listen to the episode after this. But um, I think one of the big things that I've really started to honor this year is the, um, you know, taking care of myself first, like you were saying, Jen, like filling your own cup. I think that goes beyond anything else. You know, it's just like being on a plane, like you have to put on your own mask before you put on your kid's mask or something, because yeah, you're not going to be as, as useful or helpful if you're not taking care of yourself first. And so that's something that I really started to honor which means that I also started to take a lot more time off just to go and go climb or, you know, spend a day out with my husband or family or even just by myself. If I have like no plans, I'm like, I don't feel like working right now. So I'm just going to take the day off. So I don't necessarily have um, specific days off every week. I just kind of like sporadically will take days off and it's usually pre-planned. Well, it's always pre-planned that, you know, 
I'm checking out, like, do I have any deadlines? Do I have to be around for anything? Like, can my team handle this on their own? Sometimes I'll have like Slack on my phone so that if my project manager, Amanda, has a question or anything, I can just answer that while I'm out and about. So that has been really amazing. And it's interesting because I've definitely been uh, practicing letting go more. And that includes, you know, not having to stick to a strict schedule. And, you know, I don't have theme days like some people do where uh, some days I do certain things. I definitely know that I will most likely spend my Saturdays and Sundays out climbing or something like doing something pretty intense like the whole weekend. So I am like dead tired in terms of my body on Mondays. So I don't take sales calls on Mondays for that reason. But I, I will that. take client calls like afternoon or something after I really recover. Sometimes I'll, I will work Monday morning. Other times I'll just like hang out, read a book, do some yoga, just like kind of recover from the, the intense weekend that I just had. Um, so with that said, in terms of my week, um, my day in the life is usually I wake up pretty early. I was waking up around six in the morning and then daylight savings happened, which we don't absorb in Arizona anyway, but for some reason around that, I'm like, I'm so jealous. I, (laughs) I hate daylight savings, especially now as a parent. Oh guys, it's so rough. It's so hard. So I'm like going to move to Arizona. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because kids don't know daylight savings. (laughs) They're going to still act the way that they did before. (laughs) So, um, Yeah. So despite that, I, for some reason, started waking up later, like at seven. So that's pretty interesting. But um, yeah, I wake up at seven. I try to have that as like time for myself. I really like to be alone. So um, I like, I started doing stretching again, like yoga and some meditation. I'm really, really trying to get into meditation. I've definitely still in that spot where it like doesn't feel natural to me yet. So I have to like force myself almost. Um, yeah, I've tried with meditation. So I am a yoga teacher. So obviously I know a lot about meditation, mm-hmm. but like, it's, it's one thing to like, want to do it at least for me and then to actually implement it in your day in your daily life. It just seems like, why would I sit on my butt for <laughs> like 10 minutes or whatever, when there's so much I could get done in 10 minutes? Like, you know, yeah. obviously that's the whole point. Exactly. Not do anything. <laughs> But it's just, it can be really, really, really hard to integrate that into your day. So I feel that struggle. Yeah, exactly. And I'm still trying to like get into it because I know how like, you know, studies have shown like so many benefits. And I also, as someone who like, you know, leans on structure and like holding on to things and all of that, it's just proven to be really helpful. So doing that more often and like getting myself to slow down <laughs> is really yes. great. A really great reminder, a really great way for me to like, you know, lose, loosen any anxiety, any stress, any kind of like my mind is constantly racing. Like what's the next thing? What's the next thing? So med- meditating has been really helpful for that. Um, so honoring that time to, to, you know, a self-love in the morning and if I really want to start learning something or like read a book, um, I've been doing a lot of audiobooks lately, but I've also been reading some physical books and I've definitely been reading a ton this year, which I'm very excited to like Amazing. create content over the stuff that I've been learning about. Um, and I have been sprinkling in some fiction books too, just for fun. It's a really great breath of fresh air uh, because I l- listen to and read a lot of like business and design and productivity books. So that variety has been great. Um, and then I get uh, 
coffee started, we always do the French press and I'm not like a coffee addict, but I really love the routine of making French press coffee every morning and like the, the scent and it just tastes so good. And my husband's a coffee addict for sure. So it also like makes me happy that I like, I'm making something that he likes and we're still doing the eggs in the morning. Definitely not yes. going to die anytime soon. <laughs> so I also have two scrambled eggs every morning. And now Ryder is so big. He also has two scrambled eggs. Ooh, wow. <laughs> He's so large. He, he looks like he looks like a two-year-old. Like, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so exciting. He's probably going to be my height in like a year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Five Fun two. fact, guys. Giselle is tiny. <laughs> I know. I think that's going to be like, I know you are. I love that though. Um, side note about Giselle's climbing. You guys should definitely follow her on Instagram because sometimes she posts some really, really, really cool, like sweeping panoramas that look like they should be taken from a drone, but they're not because she's like clinging to the side of the mountain. Like it is so intense and so cool. Like I, I live for it. Oh, it's my happy place. I love it so much. It does, does me so much good. Um, so yeah, let's see. After breakfast, you know, my husband usually joins me by that time. It's probably 8 a.m. And he leaves for work usually around 8.30. And then I spend that half hour getting ready. And so then I am at my desk around 9. And from 9 to about 12, I'll be working. Um, I always start my morning going in ClickUp and looking at my notifications there first. And then go opening Slack and following up on certain things from ClickUp if needed or anything that somebody in my team had asked me about, I'll open it and check that. And then I'll check my email. So that'll be the third thing. And it's always in that order. So then I feel like I'm easing into things. And I don't know about you guys, but I still, after what, four plus years of, of owning this business, I still get a bit of anxiety before I open up my emails because <laughs> I'm I have expecting that terrible client email, which has not I happened. <laughs> <laughs> I have like, I have serious inbox anxiety. We're just going to go ahead and <laughs> yeah. diagnose that. Um, yes. <laughs> not, not to belittle people who actually like do struggle with anxiety, um, but like everyone everyone I think has that little bit of like, Oh my goodness, is someone going to be angry? Right. <laughs> or like, yeah. is there going to be some huge issue? <laughs> yes. So that's a really good way for me to ease into that. So, um, I've been really trying to only check my email two, three times a day. Um, usually it'll be in the morning and sometimes it'll be at lunch or it'll be like towards the end of the day, like 4 PM. So I really try to do that and really stick to ClickUp. And part of why that also really works for me is because I have my project manager. So if something really needs my attention, she'll Slack me. And because she gets like, I think she gets most of my emails because she's in Dubsado, which is a whole other story. I, I, there's some features from Dubsado that are rolling out and I hope they roll out very soon, but it'll probably be a while. But yeah, she, um, she can see client emails through that. And then there are certain emails that I have an automation where they forward to her so that, you know, I don't have to check mine and then forward them to her all the time. So with that, like uh, I do some client work. Um, mostly these days, I'm not specifically doing client work. I'm just kind of directing and setting up the initial creative direction for something and checking in on my team's work uh, currently. And all of this year, actually, I've had the same team, which I'm super proud of. I love my team. I feel like it's been a long journey for me to get to 
having the team that I have now that I can really uh, trust and feel like I can randomly take the day off and everything will be okay. So, um, so that's been awesome. And then around lunchtime, I really like to honor taking an hour off and doing whatever I feel like doing. And sometimes that involves me cooking or it involves me cleaning or it involves me going for a walk or going on errands or just staying put and like reading a book or watching YouTube videos the entire time. Like whatever I feel like I like let myself do it. So I do that. And then the rest of the day is either if I have a tough day, I'll try to work till five. If not, I'll probably get off around three and then just like, again, like do my own thing for a little while. And then my husband comes home around like 5.30 and we always hang out at the patio and uh, we'll catch up on SNL or like some other thing um, or we'll like talk about a certain thing coming up and just hang out basically. And then I'll make dinner and hang out the rest of the day. Oh, we have a little visitor. (laughs) Ryder just walked in behind Jen. Oh, he's crawled in, I should say. (laughs) And then... Yeah, like that's basically the rest of the day. And I go, I try to go to bed around nine so uh, that I can actually fall asleep around 10. But that's like an ideal day in the life. You know, things change all the time. So that's kind of like the regular one. You're on mute, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, I was just on mute. Fun, fun times. I was gonna say, Giselle, I love how, different our lifestyles are but at the same time like we wake up at the same time and go to bed at the same time yeah that is really interesting and we like try to stop work around the same time like like three-ish you know Mm -hmm. like yeah because I'm like you I I think I just my brain doesn't work very well when it comes to producing new things or like solving problems towards the end of the day so Mm -hmm. if I do need to work at the end of the day I like make sure that it's kind of brainless work (laughs) Yeah. If I even have the energy for it, because I just don't find that I have the energy for it anymore lately. I know. By the end of the day, I'm just like, ugh, you know, I just want to play with my baby. You know, I just want to yeah. spend time <laughs> with him. And, you know, generally he's pretty ready for me to hang out with him by then. He's just like, where is mom? I know that that will get, you know, even harder as he just grows up and kind of understands more about what's going on. Um, he doesn't have like separation anxiety or anything yet. And I know that's something that that does happen once they get older. So that will be really difficult. Um, I might even as, you know, things are opening up post COVID be able to go and, um, like go work at a coffee shop or something, um, because it is actually helpful for him when I'm not actually here because he can't see me. And that sounds weird, but, um, he's able to kind of, just do his own thing. And then when I come home, then I can be really fully present with him. I think that's probably the biggest goal of this year. Um, when I made my vision board at the beginning of this year was that like, I wanted to be fully present on what I was doing at, at the time. So when I'm working, I'm working when I'm with writer, like I don't have email or Slack on. I actually turned all notifications off on my phone. Um, and I'll check Slack every now and then, but I, I do the same thing that Giselle does. I turn email off while I'm working on something or focusing on something. I definitely am a little bit more addicted to it than it sounds like you are. <laughs> um, I like <laughs> to work in progress. Check it. Yeah. It's yeah. like really bad, but you know, working on that. Um, and just remembering that I'm the one in control of my business. And I know mm-hmm. that sounds really weird. Like, obviously I'm in control, like I own it, you know, but 
for so long, I felt like my business was running me and I was allowing my clients to run me rather than the other way around, like setting boundaries on communication and, um, deadlines and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's amazing when you do that, because one thing like, you know, this year, like I was saying, I take a lot of time off. Um, I've had clients tell me, you know, we would really want like the quickest turnaround times possible and this and that. And I'll push back and say, yeah, I mean, we might be able to do that some days, but that's not how we work and, and this and that. And basically tell them our, like, you know, these are our values. And if you're okay with them, let's work together. If you're not, then we're not going to work together. And I've been amazed at how great the response has been to that. They like respect us for it. And even just yesterday, I said, hey, um, for a, a lead that wants to do a website, I told them, yeah, like this sounds all great. And we were both really excited about the project. And I said, just so you know, I'm going to be gone for a whole month. My team will still be around, but I just want to let you know this in case that um, could be an issue or something for you, like, or just so you can plan accordingly or something. And she responded by saying, oh my gosh, good for you. Like, that is so great that you're taking that time off. And, da, da, da. and I was just so like surprised and delighted that she said that. I'm like, this is, these are the kind of clients that I want to work with. And it's been amazing. Last year, I signed up for a membership with 1% for the Planet to kind of really get started on something that I had been doing, wanting to do for a long time. And that's just, you know, working for a greater good of some kind and something that's near and dear to my heart. And so um, I, you know, put the little icon there, the logo on my website and didn't do much with it. But then, you know, before the year ended, I had set my yearly goal, my quarterly goals and um, realign certain things on my website and my uh, capabilities deck that I send to leads that aren't quite ready to, you know, sign on for a project yet, but they just want to keep me on their radar. Um, and, you know, putting our values in there and everything and having Diana from required reading help with some of that copy to realign ourselves to our mission um, has really brought in some really awesome clients that I feel very honored to be working with them. And just goes to show that you know, picking a niche that you're passionate about makes you really enjoy the work that you're doing. And Jen, like you probably have something to say about this too. Yeah. I mean, like I actually have so much to learn from you around niching. I was going to ask you about maybe making an episode about niching. Cause I know that that's a really popular request from people. I'm like, not like the expert on niching. I feel like my niche isn't narrow enough. Like I tried niching my industry, but then I kept on getting inquiries from other industries that I was still excited about, you know, like I definitely feel like my design style is 100% my niche because I do have this more, like, I call it like modern feminine, but like you can, whatever you want to like say, for, for that, whatever you would call my design style, I don't even know. Um, and if anyone hasn't people... checked out Jen's website, you have to go check <laughs> it out. It's gorgeous. If I was in your niche, Jen, I would be so jealous. <laughs> but um, oh, yeah, it's so thank beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I love my site. I, I actually, this is the longest I've ever kept a site that like, yeah. I because I usually like redesign it like every six months, but it's been longer than six months now. <laughs> so, oh, heck yeah. Does that mean that it, it's because you feel very aligned to it? 
It is. Yeah. And I've actually, it's, it's actually awesome. great to hear you talk about how you redid your copy and that has really helped bring in really aligned clients to you because that's something that I've been considering as well. Um, Diana also wrote my copy and it was fantastic. I mean, it still is amazing copy. There are some things in my business, um, especially with my lifestyle that are shifting and changing. And so now I'm like, okay, I feel like I need to kind of go back through my copy and do like an audit or something. So, um, that's definitely something that I want to do once the client work slows down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, um, I, I guess like rather than taking on a lot of these really large projects, you know, Giselle, we were talking about this yesterday, um, like long-term, I mean, like six, seven, eight, nine month long, you know, website projects. I, with the help of my amazing business coach, Morgan Rapp, have kind of realized that it, it works a little bit better for my lifestyle to work in rather like shorter sprints. And so we should totally do a whole episode about like day rates and, you know, um, contained, uh, timeline packages, because it's definitely been working out great for me. As soon as I started offering day rates, like I haven't even advertised them. And there were so many opportunities for me to say yes to clients that I didn't, I wouldn't have necessarily been able to before with the day rate offering. Um, and of course, childcare really helps with that because that was one of the things that really held me back from doing a day rate was that I was like, Oh, well, I can't focus all day on one client because I'm a mom. I have to be with my, my baby. Um, but now, I mean, it really, it really does justify the childcare costs. I don't think you need to ever justify your childcare costs with your income and your expenses. Obviously you want to make sure you're making more than what you're paying for childcare, but like, I don't think it should be a dependent on how much money you make. I think that there are so many other like valuable things that you can get from having childcare with like your mental health. Like that's probably the biggest one, like making sure that you are not like tearing your hair out stress that you can like show up to be your best self for your kid and um, the other people in your family. But, um, that has been a really big shift that I'm experiencing right now as I'm finishing up some larger projects that I'm so excited about. I am so excited to launch them. They're going to look amazing. Um, but just kind of looking forward to the next, the second half of this year and thinking like, okay, I'm actually going to focus more on those not, I don't want to say a lower budget, but those quicker turnaround, more semi-custom type, you know, service offerings. And they're really like, they're very profitable. They really are. So I definitely feel like my site needs to reflect that a little bit more. I want to make a sales page for that. There's just a lot of things that I want to update around that, but I love hearing Giselle, like how aligned you are with your core values and how that has brought in clients that respect your boundaries and are just dreams to work with because probably the the biggest thing that we see in our group is like or the, the most, the thing that people post about most often is just issues with, with clients, just not aligning in expectations or values or communication styles or leadership styles. So, um, I think it is just so, so worth it to invest with a copywriter or at least really sit down with yourself and write your copy yourself. If that's not something that's part of your budget. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of changes that I need to make to my website in the next couple of months, but I'm excited about it. And it's feeling more aligned than ever. Now I just need the website to like reflect it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, I think what you are already doing on your Instagram too speaks volumes as well. So it's not just one space that, you know, Thanks. it's going to make all the difference. I think just generally you're getting the personality that you share on your Instagram and people want to work with people that they like and are aligned, especially more than ever these days. So 
I think, yeah, Thanks. you're on your way for I, sure. I always feel bad about my Instagram because I like don't have a schedule. I don't have a strategy. I don't work with a strategist. I literally just post when I like feel like I have something to say. And so that has been the hardest thing for me to outsource. And I realized I was like, you know what? I don't even really want to outsource this. Like yeah. people, people follow me for design stuff, but like they all, I feel like they also follow me because like they like to read what I have to say, which is so weird. Like I don't know. My husband always makes fun of me because of how much I talk, <laughs> I just talk and talk and talk. So I don't know, started a podcast, but like, <laughs> it is crazy to see that, like, I'll post something and I'll be like, uh, I don't know if anyone is going to think that it is going to like resonate with that. I don't know. It's just something that was on my heart. And then so many people will like comment like, Oh my gosh, I'm feeling this way too. You know, like, so it is really cool. Um, but I do I have, love that. I feel like I do have like a lot of shame around like, like social media because I just don't put a lot of time into it. I just kind of randomly post, but I also oh, think no. that makes it more authentic. So I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think you should be proud and not, not oh, feel that shame. I totally get you when you say that though, but I admire that about you, honestly. Like I, if anyone's been following me on Instagram, I'm like rarely ever on there. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's just not part of like what you love to to do. I'm not, I don't yeah. think you're like super passionate about Instagram. Like, no. I don't know if you would say you're passionate about LinkedIn either, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I just, sometimes I just don't want to post for a month and then I'll just like have this thing where I'm like, oh, I need to get this out and I need to share it with somebody, you know, like, yeah. um, I actually don't have a Facebook, um, which I feel like is more common for people in our generation, um, not to have, mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know, at least from my perspective now, it's a little bit more like, Oh, like my mom's on Facebook, you know, like, uh, yeah. which is funny. I wonder if anyone else feels that way, but I actually removed every single friend that I had on Facebook. And it's funny because we obviously have a Facebook group. So I do have a Facebook account, but I don't have any friends and I only use Facebook for groups. Like if you mm -hmm. literally go and check, it says like Jen Davis, zero friends. Um, I'm cool with it. Like yeah. I even friended <laughs> my own owner. mom. I was like, bye mom. Like yeah. I'll text you later. <laughs> <That's hilarious>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was like a huge thing that like really released me from that, that platform that just didn't really feel like it aligned with my value. Like, I just, I just didn't care about the people that mm -hmm. I was friends with on Facebook. I mean, that sounds like so bad, but the people that I really do care with are, you know, in my network on Instagram and I text them and I'm a huge fan of like calling people randomly. I, Giselle and I have talked about this where it's like, oh, yeah. we don't schedule call. I don't schedule calls with friends. I'll just, I just like, Hey, I'm just going to call you. And if you're busy, then just don't answer. And yeah. I'll call you again later, you know? So it just, it's worked out really well. I love that. getting those random calls every now and again. I'm like, Hey, I can yeah. answer. <laughs> because even if, because even if you can't answer, like, it just feels great to see like, Oh wow. Someone like cared to like call and chat with me, even if you can't answer, you know, it's just like yeah. a nice little thing. Like I don't leave messages. It's just like, Oh, Jen called me, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that's like it. so off topic, but <laughs> well, just to stay off topic for a second longer. Um, yesterday <laughs> yes. I had a very unproductive day. I probably worked two hours and that's because I started my day on Instagram and the whole day was a wash basically. And I, it was funny because that, that night I was making dinner and I was talking to my sister and she had similar experience. She said like, Oh, I just haven't really been working much lately. And I told her, Oh, have you been, you know, like, let's try this together. Like 9 PM to 8 AM, no social media. And in fact, like try not to even be on Google or YouTube or anything like that. And I've tried that actually that that was like two days ago. So yesterday and today so far have been very productive because I haven't been checking my social media until like lunchtime or something. And if anybody's struggling with that, maybe try that out. 
I'm so, so totally going to join you on this. So you said 9 p.m. to 8 a.m. Yep. 9 okay, to cool. Because the first thing I do when I wake up is like, compulsively check my email just because like yeah that's such a terrible (laughs) habit that I I I'm so bad (laughs) I thankfully like it took me a long time but I I'm no longer in that space anymore where I feel like I have to check my phone and like my email Mm -hmm. and stuff and instead if I really really want to be on my phone it's to listen to a podcast or like I just try to get myself to read a book or Mm -hmm. like do yoga or something because you know in the morning when you wake up and you're like don't really want to get out of bed yet but you're trying to get your mind to wake up yeah, that's when you really want to check your phone. And I'm just trying to find like an alternative to that. And um, kind of like, I don't know, whatever works for anybody. I think everything, everyone's different. So whatever works yeah, for you. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. I'm definitely going to co- totally commit to like doing that now. And so once this episode goes live, you guys DM me and um, yes. see if I actually stuck with it. Oh, yeah. accountability. <laughs> that would be really I'm fun like, to hear. I'm, I need this though. Honestly, I really need it. I touched on this briefly earlier, but just because this is what my day has looked like even this week doesn't mean that it's going to look like this next week or the week after that or the month after that, or even three months ago. Like, um, we share this with you guys because it's fun to hear about how other people structure their days and their weeks, but by no means is it us saying that that is what everyone should do. And we would love to hear from you guys about what your daily schedule looks like. I know some designers who work best at nighttime. Like I know some moms who like they're the, their mom all day. And then when the kids go to bed, then they work from like seven to like one in the morning. And that's just how they are. They best their energy aligns best. So yeah, I think it's just so fun to see how things change. And then by the time this episode comes out, I mean, I'm sure it'll even be different, but we'll just have to keep recording them. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And we would love to hear your guys's uh, life in the day too, or day in the life. Life of the day. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So let's wrap up with an inbox question. Um, Thank you to Haley Sieb. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly for commenting on my post today. <laughs> um, Haley asks, how do you keep client projects on schedule? What incentives or consequences do you give your clients for their deadlines, like getting feedback to you by a certain date? How do you communicate that you need to stay on pace and wrap up their projects so you can accommodate other clients? Any tips would be amazing. Um, Haley, this is such a good question. And this is something that both Giselle and I struggle with. I think every designer out there is like one of the biggest pain points in their business. When you work with human beings, things are going to be messy. That is just a fact of life. And so like true that it, doing client work, things are like going, like wrenches are going to happen in, in the timeline, but it's about having that structure there in the first place. At least this is from my perspective. Um, one thing that I've been doing recently that has been really helping, um, that I was so scared to do before was to give my clients deadlines and to give me things. <laughs> I literally never used to do that. And I know that's not like, that's obviously such like a cliche, like obviously like do that, but like, i never did that until a couple months ago. And I started giving people um, a list of action items. So after I have every client call, and this is what I do, I send a call recap and the subject line is call recap and action items. And so I say, Hey client, thanks so much for chatting with me yesterday. Here's a list of the things that we talked about. And so I have like a bulleted list of like, Hey, we agreed that you want to use type forum on your, your website, or we agreed that you actually don't want images on the community page. Or, like I literally get granular with it. And then at the bottom of the email, I put a little bold line that says like, 
client name action items or whatever. And then I put a list and then after each like list item, I put in bold due on Friday, you know, September X by whatever, by like 5 PM, I put a time in there too. I get really, really, really specific with it. Um, And then at the end of the list, I say, you know, if you, I, I, sometimes I don't say this, but I say like, do these deadlines work for you? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that can seem like, oh, well, it's not a really a, like a hard deadline. And then they just like, won't listen to it. But like right. um, the day of the deadline, I'll, I might send a reminder email, say, Hey, just a reminder that like these action items are due today. Like keep me updated um, as to the status of them or whatever. So almost treating the client like a team member, honestly. And I have had great feedback from my clients on, oh my gosh, I love your call recaps because they help me make sure that I'm staying on track to get you what you need. Like, and that's what a really great client will do when you give them a deadline like that. Like they will, they will be appreciative of, you know, you giving guidance as far as when you need something, because they don't know if you need it in a month or two months, or if you need it tomorrow, you know, like, so just being really, really specific with them about that. And then I also include an action items list for me in my studio below that. So I say like, hello, June action items. And I say, Hey, we're going to keep working on your mock-ups and we're going to design your timeline. And, you know, we're going to work with our developer to export all the assets for the mock-up or whatever. Um, And so that way it's not like, oh, I need all this from you. It's like, hey, I need you to do these things for me. But here are also the list of things that I'm doing for you. So it's like a give and take. Um, And I feel like that keeps it from being like, oh, why didn't you get me this thing on this time? It's like, oh, well, here are the things that I'm going to promise to you by X date. And so Mm -hmm. that way it's like a mutual relationship. So that email, that call recap and action items email has been so helpful for keeping timelines and projects on track. So that's like just one little tip from something that I've started doing. And that's a really, really great tip. I definitely agree that having uh, deadlines for clients is pretty crucial. I also um, love that you ask them, like, you know, is this going to work with you? Because that's something I do as well. I think it also, psychologically speaking, it like brings accountability to them because you've basically asked them to opt in to these dates and they're saying, yes, I can do this. And also just like checking to see if, you know, do they, do they have any like vacations coming up or anything like that? Right. Um, Yeah. Clients will not, I realize clients will not generally tell you when they're going on vacation. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shoot, they're on vacation. They're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Like, and I won't hear from them for a week. And I'm like, oh my gosh, did I do something? Like, and they're like, oh, hey, just got back from Hawaii. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's honestly something that I need to talk about during my kickoff call. It's like, hey, I'm going to be gone for these dates do you have any vacations coming up that I should know about? So I know to respect your boundary and not like, so you can, you can phrase it as like, Oh, I, you know, I want to respect your time. And so then hopefully they respect your time. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. I think um, along with what you were saying too, the other thing I could add is for, you know, I mean, I guess, first of all, personally speaking, I'm okay. If a client needs more time, Yeah. usually, it's flexible. Projects, yeah. yeah. Like usually projects take longer because the client underestimated their availability for feedback or, you know, the, the bigger case that I usually see a pattern with is when it's a consensus, when it's like, it's not just one person that needs to make a decision. It's like three people and having all their schedules aligned and provide feedback and this and that. Those are the ones that really push the project timeline a lot. And I'm in a space where I have the bandwidth to be okay with that. If you um, don't have that space and you're very structured with 
you know, I need to kick off a, a project this date. So this other project can interfere with that. And like, I really need to make this project move along or whatever the case may be. And you really want the client to stick to the timeline that you initially set out to begin with, then you can do something like, you know, in your contracts add in, uh, if you know, if you don't give me feedback between this amount of time, then we're going to have to pause the project and you have to pay like, uh, what do you call that? A resume fee basically. So that, yeah, a restart fee, a restart fee, or, you know, like any kind of like little things like that. I think the group will have uh, really great answers to this as well, but I've heard of some of those things also. And just kind of, um, you know, always sending a reminder every time I give a client an update on, on something, I'll always let them know this is what, this is what step we're on. Because at the beginning, like when do the, when we do the project kickoff, I tell them, here's what you paid for and here's our timeline and, you know, bowling, you know, giving them the dates on like when we expect things from them by. And then every time we're done with one of those steps, I tell them now we're on this step. And then again, provide like the timeline or if they took a while with their feedback, we have to bump the timeline now, then we update them with that as well. So they've been really great with that. And in fact, when they know that they pushed the project further than, than they expected to, they're pretty apologetic about it and very respectful so I think overall, just communicating your needs and asking them about their needs and meeting somewhere in the middle is the best thing that you could do. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, I think a lot of this starts in the sales call too. Yeah. Before you book the client um, in the in the onboarding process, even, you know, but even before that to talk about like, hey, if you're you know, you've got 500 products and you're looking to create a new e-commerce site, like that is going to involve a lot of work on your, and your team's end, because mm-hmm. we don't know what your products are and we don't know what you want to call them. We don't have the photography for them, like, especially for e-commerce. I mean, even for really, really complicated websites, it's like the client knows they're outsourcing so that they can save time and also to hire us as experts and all that. But there is an element of like, Hey, we are going to need you guys to put some hours into. Yeah. Um, and I actually had a client that was ready to go and was ready to move forward. Um, and once I, so I actually sent over the onboarding materials and the contract and invoice at the same time. And once she saw the spreadsheet that she needed to fill out for me, and this is for an, a furniture store, she like, she wanted to, she had oh, so many different vendors. Like it was just a lot. She was like, you know what, right now with where my business and where my team is at, we don't have the bandwidth to provide you the information that you need to launch this website. So mm-hmm. she actually decided to not move forward with us. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was devastated because I was like, oh my gosh, like I should have just sent the contract invoice and then the onboarding materials. Because <laughs> I feel like I scared her away, but like in the end, like I'm glad that that Mm -hmm. project ended before it began, because if we had moved forward and she had paid us and I had paid by contractors, and then we got into a situation where like, they just couldn't track down their vendors and they couldn't get photography and they couldn't get, you know, like item descriptions and sizes and variants, like it would have just been a disaster. So, um, I think making it very apparent to the client in the beginning, what type of work and when you'll need that from them um, is very helpful. I'm realizing more and more now that like everything happens during the sales call and during those pre-booking conversations. Like there's so much that like 
I wish I could go back and like say in the beginning, you know, that like mm-hmm. would have really changed the trajectory of the project for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that um, some people even have like, like a welcome packet where they add all those boundaries on there. That way, like if you, for some reason, don't feel comfortable saying it over the phone or anything like that during the sales call, you can always follow up with that, you know, call recap or something and add like, Hey, can you please review? These are basically like our welcome packet or whatever you want to call it and have those things in there. One thing I always tell my clients too, is like, I, I'm not available. Like my team is not available on weekends. Maybe sometimes they are because they want to be, but don't expect us basically on weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we've gotten clients that were surprised. Like I sent you the thing on Saturday and you didn't respond. And I'm like, Oh, well we're not available on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's things that you would never think that a client would expect that mm-hmm. if you don't like, if you're not very upfront with them about like a boundary, like, like I don't have clients contact me on my personal cell phone. That's a new boundary mm-hmm. that I set for myself. And I've actually had clients be very respectful of that when they have reached out to me on phone. And I say, Hey, actually, like, I really like to keep communication within my, my email and on ClickUp, um, just so nothing gets lost. And I'm able to really fully devote my attention to you. Yes. And they've been like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like let, I'll, I'll send you an email, you know, like they just don't know. Um, for the yeah. most part, most clients are going to be really understanding of that. Yeah, absolutely. And and at the end of the day, it's just about educating your clients and giving them value and mm-hmm. communicating really well. And yeah, that, that should help. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I hope that that helps your question. And honestly, that, that could be its whole episode, Haley. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that helps. Let us know. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, we're wrapping up episode one. Yeah, we did it. I know we did it. It's so exciting. Um, I I was, I woke up this morning so, so excited to be able to have the space to chat with Giselle and just catch up and everything. We've just kind of been doing our our own thing for a while, but it feels so good to to get back to to it. I know we're so happy to hang out with you guys too. It still blows my mind. Like that people, just reach out to us and say, Oh my gosh, I feel like I know you. Like, you know, I thank you so much. Like you really helped me like launch my business or quit my day job or whatever, you know? So, um, like we always say, this is a conversation, please reach out to us on DM. Um, I'm at hello, June creative. Giselle is at, um, winders at design.co. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, our Facebook group too. If you guys are new listeners and you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, what are you waiting for? Facebook.com slash better brand designer. Um, it's 3000 members strong now, yeah. which I cannot believe it is absolutely insane. So you've got a lot of new design friends to make in there and lots and lots of great perspectives, not just our own, um, to give you advice. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Welcome to season four. We are super excited to be back and we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast on Facebook. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources.